welcome to Moments with Mo. Today's guest will talk about the possible next largest event in the Bible that will take place. So let's welcome today's guest. Welcome, Pastor Ty. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for joining us today on Moments with Mo to discuss um, with our listeners about sharing some of the surface of what the Bible speaks about um, the rapture of the church and the second coming of Christ. Um, well, I really appreciate the opportunity and, and there's, there's much to say about this particular subject um, regarding the rapture of the church and the second coming. Um, and we could literally spend a number of episodes discussing it. So I, I, I want to clarify once again, when you say surface, we may just kind of touch the surface um, in, in sort of the beginning stages to kind of deal with it, if you will. Awesome. Awesome. First, I would like to thank all our listeners from all around the globe, from Africa, Russia, Italy, the Caribbean, and of course, the United States of America. Thank you for sharing some of your precious time with Moments with Mo. And don't forget to share Moments with Mo with all of your family, friends, co-workers, and neighbors. As always, we must begin with prayer before each topic. Um, would you like to do a brief prayer? Yeah, sure. For Father God, we bless you and we honor you this day. And we just thank you, Father, for first for who you are, for being our loving Father through your son's death, burial, and resurrection. And so we honor you today. And, and we pray, Father, that that you get glory out of what's said today, that somebody might be enlightened, they might be encouraged, you know, that words of comfort might be brought to them in these last and evil days that we're living in. And so we thank you for this wonderful opportunity. And to your name be glory in all that's said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. So don't forget to share moments with Mo. You just never know who this may help. And remember that sharing all good things is caring. So, all right, so let's jump into this somewhat could be a controversial controversial topic. What's the next, what does the Bible say about the next great event to happen? And also for our listeners, what's the difference between a rapture of the church and the second coming? So we're going to start with that. Well, in terms of, of what the Bible says specifically about the next great biblical event to happen, um, the, 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 one of the things that we anticipate as the church um, is the, the, the next great event is the rapture of the church, where the church is going to literally be raptured um, from the earth and to meet the Lord in the air, um, but it's going to be an event just for the church even though we don't know the, the day or the hour in terms of when that's going to happen. Now, there are a number of other events that could occur before then, but the one that we, we, we basically look for, we, we daily hunger and thirst for, is literally the rapture of the church. Amen. Amen. And one a friendly reminder, if you can, if you have one, please grab your Bibles. You want to have paper and pencil. You want to take notes. So in turn, you can go and search the scriptures for yourself. You want to be able to put your eyes on what Pastor Ty is speaking of. And so you yourself can um, have that, that tangibleness in your hands. Okay. So thank you for that. So um, can you give us a couple of scriptures that some of us can go to, to refer, you know, ref, go and refer about the rapture of the, uh, 
of the church? Well, one of the most prominent scriptures regarding the, the uh, rapture of the church is it comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Um, but just to add a note, you can also take a look at um, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses uh, 51 through 53, and also John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3 as well, okay. would be references, if you will, regarding that, speci that, that specifically speaks regarding uh, the notion of the rapture of the church. And let me just read at least one of those. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 13 through uh, 17. And here, Paul is addressing concerns that that the church at Thessalonica has for um, uh, the rapture of the church and their falling loved ones. You know, you got to imagine in terms of the, the nature of, of life for the church during this time because Jesus had died. The church was going through heavy, heavy persecution. There's a good chance that the temple, um, they're moving up to the point where the temple may be destroyed um, because uh, they were literally out to kill believers, if you will. So the church was going through heavy, heavy persecution. Just the idea of, of recognizing and, and admitting that you are a follower of Christ, it can actually cause uh, death to come on you and your family even your children. So, um, so that's, that's a heavy price to pay becoming a follower of Jesus, right? Well, literally it is. And it's, it's, it's kind of unfortunate today that, that, and a blessing that we live in the times today where here in, in regarding the American church, that we don't go through the types of challenges that, that were seen in Bible days even though I think we're beginning to see some of the early stages of that regarding, you know, some of the mandates that's come out, the shutdowns that have occurred in terms of things with churches and all. And so as we move closer and closer uh, to the end times in these latter days, I think the church is going to begin to feel more and more this push towards um, the world system shutting the church down. Trying similar, to shut them down. Well, trying to shut them right. down, right. Yeah. And so during, during Jesus' time, uh, uh, during the Apostle Paul's time, Paul addressed this issue for the church. And they were concerned because they were really looking for the rapture. Mm -hmm. You know, today, I, you know, we, we live in a time where church has become sort of Americanized, if you will. Mm -hmm. And very often we don't see it and preach it and teach it and live it from a Jewish perspective. Right. And we really exactly. should to have a better understanding and foundation for, for what the word of God is saying to us is looking at it through the eyes of, of the, the, the Judaism, if you will. Right. That's good. I was going to mention that or ask you about that also. And that's perfect that you, you chimed in with that, with that. Um... Yeah. And so, so the, at this particular time, when Paul addressed this issue for the church at Thessalonica, the church was very concerned. They looked forward almost on a daily basis. They were looking for Christ to return mm -hmm. because that was sort of the word of the day in the body of Christ that, you know, to look for his, re his return, to stay ready, to be ready, to stay on God and, and to be careful that you don't let anybody else deceive you because other messiahs are going to come, if you will, or at least makeshift or fake messiahs, and that's going to come and try to represent him. Mm -hmm. And so the church was was pretty guarded. Mm -hmm. They were close-knit. They were underground in a lot of cases. 
and especially and, those are the brothers and sisters that we have to pray for those that are overseas that are really uh, up, up against persecution for being proclaiming to be a Christian or a follower of the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, as I stated earlier, you know, the American church is quite, quite different from what's even happening today mm -hmm. on a larger scale um, in a number of countries, for example, in, in Iran or in China or in India uh, or parts of Africa where the church is heavily persecuted and you cannot walk out on the street with a Bible. You can't go and proclaim the gospel. It's not open. It's basically underground yeah. in terms of, but uh, one of the wonderful things about what's happening today that's unbeknowing to a lot in the American church is that some of the miracles, the signs, the wonders and uh, that are happening in places like Iran is really, it's, it's really, it's, it, it really would boggle your mind if, if the church understood and knew some of the things that are happening in terms of the people, number of people that are getting saved, mm -hmm. people that are getting healed and delivered. Miracles, people that having, signs and wonders are yeah, happening. Yeah, right, people right. are having visions of seeing Jesus. Amen. And so we really believe from an evangelical standpoint, it's probably the greatest place where salvation is occurring mm -hmm. on the planet Earth, actually right. in the nation of Iran. And it's actually the place that you would think least likely that it would occur. But God. But That's God. That's just God. That's <laughs> but, how he is. But God. But but going back to the scripture, yeah. you know, they, they, they were in Paul was the, the early church was concerned about what's going to happen. If the rapture does occur, what's going to happen to our dead loved ones? Mm -hmm. And so he began to sort of address that and answer that question here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. And it reads, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. Talking about their dead loved ones. So that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Because obviously they have a hope. That's right. Is what he's getting at here. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him upon his return. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive and who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who are falling asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So their dead ones will rise first when Christ returns for the rapture of the church. He says in verse 17, after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And so that basically answers that question in terms of what the rapture is. Mm -hmm. You can't get a better description of it in, 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 in Bible text, if you will, mm -hmm. regarding that definition. Wow, that is good. The, the, so there are something, there is something in First Thessalonians that differs from the other scripture that speaks of Jesus Christ's um, second coming. Yes, there is. There's, there's, there's quite a difference and I know that can be very controversial right. in many, many circles. Uh -huh. um, but can, can you give us a scripture? Um, you can pull it up because we have we have a look. We well, have some time. let me you know let that. me just bullet a few things. Okay. That'll that you know. And again, if you're taking notes or if you're going to go ahead and listen to this uh, again, I would encourage you to do that. 
Um, but let me t let, let me t you know note a difference here. I actually answered. There's a, a friend of ours, a colleague, or if you will, that's in London, that posted something on on social media, and and he suggested that he really wasn't that concerned about Bible prophecy. He wasn't you know a big time fan of it. I think is what he was su suggesting. Okay. And wonderful guy, just really really loved God, and just his you know he really are after after souls, and so he's just a great man of God. But in terms of this issue of prophecy, he just wasn't a big fan of it, even though he said he's not against it. Right. He's probably because he's not a, a student. student of the of prophecy. Basically, okay. yeah. And okay. so he and, and he's probably hasn't been in circles where prophecy has been a big issue, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so I responded to him and just sent him some encouraging words um, to let him know that one, we talk about prophecy, one, because Jesus did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus right. did, you know, he clearly did in Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 25, Luke 17, mm -hmm. Luke 21. And so there's a number of scriptures where Jesus is actually addressing even specifically questions that are being asked about the latter days and the end times yes, and his return. Yes. So, yes. so we talk about it one, because Jesus did. Right. Uh, we talk about it too, because it's in the Bible and mm -hmm. we teach the, the wholeness of the Bible, mm -hmm. you know, the old Testament and the new Testament. Um, but we also teach it from a standpoint that we, we, we want to get truth out there to the world so they can see that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life through all of this. The only way. Absolutely. <laughs> and for the church, mm -hmm. we teach Bible prophecy from, from a perspective of encouragement, yes. of comfort, yes. and of, 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 of support and help. We don't teach it as a scare tactic, if you exactly. will, trying exactly. to scare people about what's going to ha happen. Because that would be a false conversion, basically, to me, since sometimes, some instances, not in concrete, you I know, get you. being yeah. dogmatic yeah. about that. But yeah. sometimes, it, who wants to be scared into anything? Absolutely. I think there's aspects of the of prophecy that... It that is scary. It's very scary. <laughs> when we, For the lack of a better word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. when you when you look at the at the tribulation period, the seven year tribulations, which you're going to discuss a little later. Yeah. Segment, as we get yeah. into that, yeah. it, it can be extremely scary. And as a matter of fact, Jesus said that even the time of the tribulation period is going to be actually the worst time in, in human, human history. history. And had God not shortened the days that not even the very elect would have been saved. And that's not allegorical. Not at all. There's no, there's <laughs> nothing allegorical about the book of revelations and prophecy. <laughs> that's amazing. So, um, but that's another another subject as well. Okay, so what about First Corinthians fifteen fifty through fifty four? Is does that have anything to do with? It's it's another basically Paul responded to that question again. It's another uh, rapture supportive type scripture where where Paul addressed what's going to happen at the rapture, and he he described our bodies. He said where this body, this mortality, will actually take on immortality, this carnality will take on incarnality, mm -hmm. and that will be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Mm -hmm. um, and if you go back and look at that in, in, in the Greek, this the, the moment is actually an atomic second. Wow. Um, it's, 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 it's really a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a second, and it's wow. actually go deeper than that right, right. Um, in terms of how quickly the change will take place. But this, this change in terms of this body mm -hmm. being mortal will change when Christ, at the, at the sound of the trump, 
into immortality where we will have a, the same type of body that Jesus had mm -hmm. after he rose from the grave. Amen. So he spoke about a trump. The, a trump was spoken about in 1 Thessalonians, but we're going to have another um, segment talking about the trumpets, the uh, the, rat, the bowls, and the, the seals. seals. Right. Okay, so it's all different. So we can't, you don't want to get confused. And it's so much meat in this that you have to, continue to come back and listen to the future segments um, that we're going to be posting. Let me just also know, I'm sorry, let me just know one thing about the trumpets because there's a lot of uh, church believers who, you know, we're what we consider uh, uh, pre-tribulation rapture believers. And you know, a lot of people say, the, well, the rapture isn't where it isn't in the Bible. Well, and that's another subject that... Right. But if you have a Latin Bible, you will see it in there. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the word rapturo okay. in Latin. Mm -hmm. And so when it was translated uh, into the Greek, it means har harpazo, mm -hmm. which means to be snatched away, which, which means to, to be taken, to be grabbed, to be snatched up. Mm -hmm. And so we use the word rapture uh, because it literally means that's what's going to happen to the church when it actually gets caught up. Okay. So, and that'll so, be the end of the church age, basically. That's basically the end of, it's the end of the church age as it relates to uh, the 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 this the church of today. Mm -hmm. And after that, we're going to go into the tribulation period. Okay. But there still will be people that get saved during that particular time called saints during the tribulation period. Okay, and we're going to talk. We're going to touch a little bit on that one also. So the next one. Um, would be how, let's see, how or should we, the church, prepare for the, no, let's go back, because we didn't answer about the difference between the rapture and the second coming. Okay, so the, the, there's a clear and distinct difference between the rapture and the second coming. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that believe the rapture, like we do, will happen before the tribulation period begins. Mm -hmm. There are people within the body of Christ that believes the rapture will happen at some point during the tribulation period. Okay. And some, and those are called mid-trib people. Okay. And then there's some people that are called post-tribulation believers who believe that the rapture of the church will happen at the end of the tribulation period. Okay. And so, um, you know, I, I, I can run with the mid-trips a little bit, the post-trips, absolutely not. Um, yeah. uh, clearly, because one of the scriptures that Paul used in, in to the church at Thessalonica is that, um, or Corinth, he says that the church, we, we're not appointed the wrath. Right. And the tribulation period is literally the wrath of God coming down on mankind because of their rejections of God and rejections of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Especially, but it's, it's particularly aimed at the Jews mm -hmm. as to why Jeremiah called it the times of Jacob's trouble. It never said it was the times of the church trouble. Amen. That's and Jacob, good. remember, Jacob was the name of Israel. That's right. That's and so right. the church is literally no longer here during that particular time. And so, but going back to your question regarding the difference, let me just make a few bullets, if you will, regarding uh, the difference between the rapture and the second coming. Okay. In the rapture, the rapture is what we believe uh, the Bible teaches that says that the, the, the rapture is imminent. 
And when we say imminent, we means that it can happen at any time and there's nothing else that needs to occur um, biblically for it to happen uh, leading to the rapture. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's imminent means that it can happen at, it can happen now. It can happen right. in 10 seconds from now. It right. can happen one minute from now. It can happen next week. It can happen at any time and there's not a, a, an event in the Bible that has to occur mm -hmm. as a sign to it occur, it happening. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because it's just going to happen. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So, but the, the second coming is not in imminent. Mm -hmm. We know when the second coming is going to occur because there are events that must occur before the second that coming. That up to the second coming. Right? Absolutely. Okay. For example, the, once the church is raptured, <clears throat> The tribulation period does not begin when the church is raptured. Mm -hmm. It begins when Israel signs an agreement with the Antichrist. Mm. Okay? okay? It's a false agreement, but is it going to sign a, an agreement with the Antichrist? The Bible teaches in um, um, Daniel 9, 27, 20, uh, 24 to 27, when that agreement is signed, it starts the tribulation period. Okay? Wow. And it also points out that at the midpoint, the uh, the Antichrist is going to go in and, and desecrate the temple. Mm -hmm. So a third temple is going to be built. Now hold the pen right there and remember that part. Because there are some people, there are some people that say they are followers of the way that believe, that, do, that does not believe that there's a literal temple being that's going to be built. They believe that the body is the temple. And it's like, that's so far off and not wow. scripture. Wow. And it's scary. Wow. Because if you're believing that, then what else that's untrue? Then what else could they possibly believe? be believing that's still, you know, that's well, not in the word? Well, one of the things about scripture is that the dots sort of have to connect. Yes. And when you begin to believe things about scripture and the dots or not connecting, mm -hmm. you really need to sort of think, rethink uh, your hermeneutics, you read the, rethink your theology mm -hmm. in terms of why you're believing what, what you, you believe. believe. Mm -hmm. And so we're not here to throw rocks at people. And we understand fully that when you start talking about Bible prophecy, there are a number of things, especially regarding timetable, that it can be very controversial. Mm -hmm. A lot of this, we're not extremely... Um, dogmatic about exactly because now if we if you want to talk about jesus dying on the cross we're dogmatic about if that. you want to talk about jesus <laughs> being, rising from the dead rising from the dead and his resurrection yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. but you know you, you think jesus is six feet tall and i think he's five feet ten you know <laughs> we won't argue over right, those things exactly. it, it's, it's, it's it doesn't it doesn't matter here or there mm -hmm. the whole issue behind discussing these things is to give people a view as to how true the Bible is, what's going to happen so we can be better prepared. Exactly. We, we're hoping that this pushes the urgency upon people's heart so they can go out and fulfill the commission of the gospel, which is to reach lost people. Right. Because if, as you learn more about what's going to occur during the tribulation period, you can't imagine having your daughter or your father or your children or your cousins 
You don't even want to imagine your enemies going through such a thing as to why you want to get out and preach the gospel and minister and bring the love of Jesus to lost and hurting people. Amen. That is very important. So So the, 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 the temple. So that's when... He's going to desecrate the temple. Go ahead. He's going to desecrate the temple as, a, as, as another sign. Mm-hmm. And then at the end um, of the tribulation period, uh, Jesus then will return. And so if you also look at studying the 70 weeks of Daniel's, mm-hmm. uh, looking at those timetables, we can actually pinpoint because we know it's going to be a seven year period. Mm-hmm. It's going to be 1,260 days um, in the first three and a half years, 1,260 days afterwards. We count the days from the time they signed an agreement. We can we know on the on the day that Jesus will we'll return, return to mm-hmm. the earth. So that's that's where the difference comes in of the rapture being imminent. We don't know. There's no date or anything. Absolutely, Man but we know the, the day. We know the day on his second coming. Absolutely, and and, and we know because of the rapture, no man knows the hour or the day. Or neither the sun. Nor the sun. That's and so, right. so we can pinpoint the day based upon a number of things that the Bible tells us about as to why we suggest that the rapture is imminent and the second coming is not an imminent. A uh, couple of other ones. In the rapture, Jesus, as described in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Acts chapter 1, verse 9 through 11, John 14, 1 through 3, Jesus comes for the church. Mm-hmm. In the second coming, at the end of the tribulation, that's good. as described in Revelation chapter 19, verse 14, Jesus comes for with the church. That's amazing. Absolutely. That the is church so is actually amazing. with him. Yeah. You know, go, take a look at that scripture and it'll clearly tell you that we come on horses with, with Christ mm-hmm. um, as saints to destroy the the uh, the enemy d- during the battle of Armageddon. Amen. Um, one, one last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we understand that, that uh, also that Jesus appears at the rapture he literally does not come to earth. Mm-hmm. The Bible says he comes in the air or in the clouds. That's where the believers will meet him. That will, That's where the believers will meet him. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, when Jesus described to the apostles in Acts chapter 1, and they were gazing up at him, and the angels, the two men stood up and said, why are you gazing at him? <laughs> he said, the same one that, that, that was taken in the clouds, he's going to come back in like manner. Where? In the, in the clouds. clouds. That's good. Whereas in the second coming, mm-hmm. when Jesus returned to the earth, the Bible says that he's going to come to earth, set his foot down on Mount Ida of Olives. It's going to split from east to west, north to south. I can't remember. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to split it in half. His uh-huh. foot's going to set on earth. Those are two distinctive events. Different events. One yeah. last one. Remember, if the, the Bible says that the the... The church is going to be raptured, and we're going to go through this process of the the um, the the wedding feast in the the supper. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I forgot the term that they actually used. Um, That's okay. The that that the we're going to go through this wedding feast um, with Christ in heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and so if. Those are the same events. How could we go to through this? How could Jesus, if, if, if you imagine Jesus coming 
and the second coming happened at the same time, when does the wedding feast occur? Mm, that's good. When does the wedding feast occur? So he's not coming, dipping, and then going right back up in another second, and we eat and then come back, or celebrate and then come right back. Absolutely. If that's what the seven-year period is for, that's, while the earth is going through the wrath. That seven-year period we're is for there. us. We're, we're celebrating the, the, the marriage um, supper of the Lamb. Uh-huh. It's not a marriage snack of the Lamb, so <laughs> where it's a few moments. <laughs> and... Um, it's also a time where we're actually receiving our, our rewards, rewards. Mm-hmm. for the works that we've done here on earth. Amen. Amen. That is awesome. That is a lot of hope. That is something to be looking for. That is that you want to be a part of this family. You want to be um, born again. You want to be, you know, born from above. So you can, when Jesus uh, calls, when he comes for the church, you'll be able to be caught up in the air. Um, with the Lord and be with him forever. So another question, um, you did touch on the tribulation being, will be seven years, which is a time of wrath upon the earth for um, those who reject Christ and evil and things like that. Right. Um, can you touch on the millennium? What, what did, what does the millennium entails? And is there anything after the millennium? Yeah. The, the, the timetable of events is the church is here right now during the present age, the next uh, great biblical event, and there's some other things that we'll, we, we can touch base on as well, but the next event that we're really looking for is the rapture of the church. It's literally what we live for. Amen. Like the first church, the early church did. Mm-hmm. We don't live for, and there's nothing wrong with these other things, you know, the white picket fences, houses, and the Mercedes Benz and all. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with those things in terms of them having their place. Right. But at the, at, you know, what's first of, on, among our hearts is looking for Christ, looking for his return. Amen. So we can go to be with Lord. That's right. Um, in eternity. And and I'll tell you why here. It has a, a lot to do with what's going to happen during the millennial reign of Christ. Amen. So the church is here. The church gets raptured. For seven years, the world goes through horrible wrath of of tribulation. Jesus described the the second half of the tribulation period, the last three and a half years, as the great tribulation. On top of tribulation. And so we we believe that the sealed judgments, the first seven judgments, will take place during the first half of the the tribulation. And also um, the... The trumpet judgments, we believe that the bold judgments will take place in the second half of the tribulation. And there's a chance that, you know, they could be flipped, if you will. There's no arguments about that. But we know that the 21 uh, judgments uh, and the wrath of God is going to hit the earth where literally the population of the earth is going to be dwindled um, because of the wrath of. And and we can talk. We'll we'll talk about those those. those judgments at a, at a later date in terms of what's going to occur. But, but just as you know, for conversation, you know, one of the seals, uh, judgments hits the earth and one fourth of mankind is destroyed. That is amazing. Yeah. So you're talking about peoples in the, in the billions because of this one judgment. So, um, at the end of the tribulation period is when Christ returns and he's going to bound the, the, the devil, for a thousand years, mm-hmm. uh, Satan 
and the, the false prophet will be thrown into the lake of fire. Um, they'll be done with. The, the devil will be bound for a thousand years. Uh, there's going to be a 75-day gap between the end of the tribulation period and the beginning of the millennial reign of Christ. And why is that? That's going to be the time period that Christ is going to use to restore the earth. The okay. earth is going to be so devastated. Wow. Um, wow. Through fire, through hails, through tornadoes, storms, earthquakes, pestilence. Um, Animals are going to be just out of control on steroids. Uh, The hearts of people are going to harden. Uh, You know, if you think people's hearts are hard today, it's going to be like on steroids, 10 times on steroids during that particular time. Uh, And and even though there are going to be people, they're going to have people to turn their hearts to Christ. Um... But the, the world is going to get worse during that particular time. The earth is going to be pretty much mangled. Wow. And Christ is going to use that particular period to restore the earth, mm-hmm. set up his millennial kingdom in Jerusalem. And the body of Christ is literally going to reign with Christ for a thousand years mm-hmm. um, uh, where the world will see how under Christ, the, the, the earth should actually operate. Amen. He's going to put away the the order of mankind's um, systems. systems, all the mm-hmm. kinds of systems, the mm-hmm. banking systems, everything, the insurance systems, the, right. the government systems, everything is, the government is going to be on his mm-hmm. shoulders, mm-hmm. as uh, Ezekiel says. And so um, Christ is going to reign. He's going to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The kingdom of God is going to become in its fullness. We're going to reign with Christ for believers that have actually died or got raptured with Christ. We're going to reign and we're going to have authority and responsibility. And you may go back to the area where you lived at in terms of, we don't know all of this, you know, for sure, Mm -hmm. but we know we're going to reign in authority and you're going to be responsible for territories, for people that 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 are going to have to answer to you in righteousness for their way of living. Mm-hmm. Um, so will there still be sin upon the earth during that reign? There, they're going to be sin, and what the Bible describes is that there will be sin. People will still reject Christ, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, sin is going to be held at bay because the devil is going to be bound a thousand years, and so it's going to be limited as to. It, it won't be able to get out of control like it, like is, it today is today because okay. Jesus and righteousness is going to reign. Mm-hmm. Um, That's amazing because then that lets you know that the devil don't always make you do it. Absolutely. <laughs> That's going to be one of the reasons that he's right. going to be bound because it's going to show man what st- didn't sin just because of the devil. They sinned because their hearts, their were, hearts were hard and yeah. they just rejected God. And so that's why we're going to be without excuse. And the, the uh, and final, the the Bible says that when if you die as, as 100 years old, you died as a baby. And so people are going to live to 600, 700, 800. Like they did in the, in the, in the New, Old Testament, Absolutely. basically. Absolutely. In the actual beginning, beginning. Because righteousness is going to reign. Wow. And so disease won't be destroying people like it did before. Jeez. Imagine um, that. Yeah, but you want to get this now. You don't want to go into the tribulation and then become a... A believer then because guess what going back because um of the church not being here it's going to be raptured up because the bible speaks of how um those who accept christ during the tribulation period will be beheaded 
Absolutely. And so the chances if, if the chances of of a person receiving Christ in the tribulation period that rejected Christ before the rapture of the church is slim because the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that God is going to give their minds over to a delusion that they're, they're not going to believe because they refuse mm-hmm. the gospel before. Wow. And so what, what I believe you're going to have happen is a lot of people that haven't heard the gospel mm-hmm. and people that are born during that particular period uh, that's new to the gospel mm-hmm. is going to come to, to Christ. I think they're going to be very few and far in between people who missed the rapture, mm-hmm. not to mention there's some scholars like, you know, I think uh, David Jeremiah, Pastor David Jeremiah believes that a person that misses the rapture, that heard the gospel and rejected, and it. They rejected it, won't even get a second chance. Wow. And so I won't even, I, you know, I, if I was you, I wouldn't even play with that kind of fire. No, I wouldn't. You know, even. open up your heart to Jesus today. Amen. Today is the day, the day of salvation. Okay. You're not promised tomorrow. No, not even the next second. And even for believers that live during that time, the Bible says that m- many of them and most of them, for the gospel's sake, are going to die for the gospel's sake and be beheaded. And that's not a scare tactic. That's just fact. In terms of what's in scripture as to what the church is going to be up against during that time. Um, what the new believers going right. to be up against at that, during that well, time. The, right, the new believers, right. the new saints. Right, um, the tribulation saints. <laughs> right, and, but it's it's amazing how God, in, in, in the heat of the worst tribulation, God has a way of getting and receiving more saints. Because That's the it. Bible says that they're going to be more saints come to Christ then we can imagine it, it's a but number you cannot you can't you know, count you can't count that's i think or me maybe we on the same um level think that that's the great awakening yeah there's <laughs> there's a lot of people today yeah. that are prophesying in these latter days that mm-hmm. they've foreseen in their spirits mm-hmm. and and they've gotten a word from god if you will uh prophetically that there's going to be another great awakening to hit america or mm-hmm. hit the world and I don't see that in scripture. Right. The only great awakening, the only massive revival that I see in scripture literally takes place during the tribulation period Mm -hmm. when souls in the millions come to Christ because of the angels and the 144,000, the Jewish witnesses and the uh, um, uh, Jewish converts. And the two witnesses that the Bible speaks about in, in, in um, Revelation chapter 7 and also Revelation chapter 14. That's good. Also, I will have Pastor Ty back on to talk about the uh, 144,000 because there's such a a, a, a a misunderstanding about who the 144,000 are and a certain type of religion that believes that only 144,000 will be saved. I don't understand it fully, but we're going to have him back on to, we're going to talk about that also. So you can be set free of believing something like that if you believe that. So that's real good. So after the millennium. After the millennium, we basically, that's the end of the thousand years. Mm -hmm. The Bible says the devil is going to be loosened for a season. So he was bound for a thousand years. He's going to be loosened for a season and he's going to gather unbelievers. There are going to be unbelievers whose hearts are so hard at that time. He's going to gather the nations and people and, and his, his terror is going to rise up again for a moment. 
where he's going to grab those people to try to war against Christ and, and tear down the kingdom of God. And then ultimately, um, Jesus is going to destroy him. Amen. Um, he's going to be destroyed. And the Bible says that he, along with his angels, the Bible says that, that hell has enlarged herself so other people can fit. Mm -hmm. And they will be thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone. And then that's going to start the period of the eternal state. The, where we, this is the ultimate place that all believers go, which is heaven. Um, and John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth come down. And there's also going to be the great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment is not for believers. Okay. It's only for people that are not saved. Mm -hmm. So the world at the great white throne judgment is going to then be judged and thrown into the, the lake of fire and brimstone along with the with Satan devil and, and his angels. angels. Okay. And God then is going to open up the new heaven and a new earth. And That's we're going to live eternity with God. That's amazing. That's some wonderful news right there. That is absolutely wonderful. Is there anything else that you would like to add to um, this topic? Well, maybe we could come back and also discuss a little bit more about the millennium. Because there's a lot more mm -hmm. to that in mm -hmm. terms of what's going to happen. Even, for example, the state of animals during that time. Yeah. They're going to yeah. lose their viruciousness, if you will. Awesome. Can um, you imagine just petting a, a panther or a lion yeah. or a bear? Children will be able to lay down with a lion. And uh, they're going to go back to that state that they had before the, before the uh, fall. Uh -huh. In terms of, because now the kingdom of God is reigning. Amen. And sin is going to be bound. That's amazing. I am so looking forward to it. So there's a lot um, lot more that we, we have to come back and discuss and be, be waiting for that podcast. It won't be long. Um, so that's absolutely amazing. I'm overly excited about what the Lord God is doing now. So we must be about our father's, busy about our father's business, you all. That means not only thanking God for another blessed day to suck up oxygen and or take up space and go about our plans, but about his plans, you know, telling people about Jesus Christ and what he did on a cross for us, how he took our place, a place that we rightfully deserve. Jesus not only died on the cross, he took horrible beatings, shameful things that should not be spoken of. All because God loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son to take on the form of man, sinful flesh, even though he did not sin. And he dwelled and he lived among men. You know, he went to the cross. He died a horrible death with all the sins of the world. My sin, your sin. And he placed them on himself. He conquered death and rose on the third day. He was seen by men, ascended into heaven, and sat down at the right hand of God with all power and authority. How amazing is grace. He did it for you, and he sure enough did it for me. So, if you haven't answered the Lord Jesus, pull it on your heart. Better yet, if right now your heart is beating a little faster than normal, that, my friend, is the Holy Spirit of God calling you. He's calling you to say yes. Yes to a new life, my friend. A new life in Christ Jesus. To become a child of God, a born-again believer. To receive the free gift of salvation. To be with Jesus Christ for all eternity. To not be separated from him. not To not experience the wrath of God for all those who reject Christ. Today, today, 
Will you? Will you just repent of your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ right now? Don't wait. Today. I'll ask Pastor Ty to pray what the Bible clearly says for unbelievers to put away, to put, to turn away from sin and put their faith in Jesus Christ, the only one. We're calling you. Jesus is calling you to to, to accept Jesus. So the Bible says that if you confess your sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen. It also says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and he's just and he'll forgive us and cleanse us. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, God will save you. Amen. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so we talked about a lot here. And at the end of the day, we all have to meet this day of death unless the rapture occurs before then. And so if you if if if, if it's appointed for you to die, and it's appointed for me to die, at some point we're gonna die, but we're gonna open our eyes up somewhere else. Death is not the end of like an eternal state. No, it's not. Death is actually the beginning because this life is so short-lived. That's right. And so where are you going to spend eternity? Are you, you know, I, I hope and our heart is that you're not rolling the dice here about what's going to happen to you in eternity. You can you can have you can, you can get an insurance policy, you can have an, an, an assurance, and there's nothing that you have to do to get it. All you have to do is be willing to receive it because all the work has been done already. Amen. And so our hope t- t- today is that if you haven't accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you don't know whether or not you will spend eternity with God or in hell to just simply pray this prayer and and believe it. It's, it's, It's just a simple matter of you just surrendering your heart for God to come in. And the Bible says that he'll make you a new person, a new creation. You'll be born again. Amen. Your life will literally start over. It will never be the same. And I know you may have had challenges that, that we don't, we're not aware of, that's, that's beyond pain. And I'm telling you, friend, that Jesus is the way, Amen. that he's the answer. And he has everything that you need for your current condition, but especially for your eternal state in terms of where you're going to spend eternity. Amen. So if you will, just repeat this prayer. Father God, I come to you as humble as I can. I'm a sinner. I've messed up and I do it on a regular basis. I come to you asking for Jesus to come into my heart. I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me. He died on the cross 
he was buried. But he rose again, and today he sits at the right hand of the Father. I confess that I'm a sinner, and I repent, I change, I give up the old life. I want this new life in Jesus. Come into me, Father. Fill me with your spirit. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Make me new. Make me afresh. I believe. Now I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I honor you. I give your name glory. I give your name praise. Take my life. I spend the rest of my days living for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 So with that, if you have any questions like what's next, if you receive, if you repented and received, put your faith in Jesus, and then you're like, what's next? Please, please, please reach out if possible. The number you can reach out is 407-906-7170. Once again, 407 906 7170. And let us know that you've given your life to Jesus Christ or you have rededicated your life to Jesus today after listening to this podcast. And what are the next steps to this new life in Christ? If you can't call or if you don't have a way of calling, find a Bible believing Jesus Christ teaching body of believers to get with. Pray to the Lord Jesus, pray to the Lord God, and ask Him to direct you to some people that are real and believe in Jesus, okay? Um, Also, you can, um, you can also write if you would like to. You can write, the address is 141 Allen Tucson Boulevard, Suite 366. That's Allen, A-L-L-E-N, Tucson. T as in Tom, O-U. Is an umbrella. S as in Sam. S as in Sam. A I N as in Nancy. T as in Tom. That's Allen Toussaint Boulevard, Suite 366, New Orleans, Louisiana, 70124. Or you can email moments with Mo, the number eight at gmail.com. Social media, if you want, if you have a Facebook page, Moments with Mo, please reach out to me. And reach out to us and we'll be able to help walk you through, answer some questions um, um, regarding your new life in Christ. Thanks again. Thanks again. Thanks again. And may God continue to bless you. Amen.